Good morning, this is James, and you're listening to The Morning Show on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Hello, and welcome to Tanchamar Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Wednesday, May 3rd, coming up on today's show. We didn't want Mr. Laird to have died like this, and he didn't know it was going to happen. And he was willing to accept responsibility for his own actions. The jury in the first-degree murder trial of Henry Potty was dismissed yesterday, right before Potty pled guilty to the lesser charge of manslaughter by unlawful act. We'll have more on what transpired right after some news and information briefs. Proposed boundary changes that would have seen an increase in students for Dorchester Consolidated School and Port Elgin Regional School in September will not go ahead. In their meeting last week, the District Education Council for the Anglophone East School District approved a number of changes to make room for a student population explosion in some areas, but proposed changes that would affect Dorchester and Port Elgin were not on the list. Instead, Lou McNairn School in Dieppe will receive an additional four portable classrooms, and Shediac Cape School will also receive portables while it waits on plans for a new K-12 school to be built in Shediac. Spring cleanup week is just around the corner. Next week, starting May 8th, the town of Sackville has contracted Miller Waste to pick up larger-than-normal items such as furniture and appliances. The town asks residents to put out the items the day before their normal garbage day. Bagged leaves and bundles of branches no more than four feet are accepted, but trees and brush piles are not. Cars and car parts are also on the no list, along with household hazardous waste and items in black garbage bags. Miller Waste will also hit the Dorchester area for spring cleanup. That's on June 1st. And Faro Waste will handle pickup in Tanchamar's former LSD areas on June 9th. Residents in the former LSD areas can place up to four tires that are not on rims out for collection. Mount Allison says new international field courses are being held in Scotland and Italy this summer. The university says students in drama, screen studies and popular culture will attend the renowned Edinburgh Edinburgh Fringe Festival and will also visit the British Film Institute in London during an 11-day adventure in August. They will have access to the National Library of Scotland archives to view items like first folios of Shakespeare plays and theatre archives that they wouldn't be able to access anywhere else. Another field school experience in southern Italy will include archaeological ground surveys and working on processing, analyzing, and interpreting archaeological artifacts. It's part of the federally funded Global Skills Opportunity International Field School Program. The program also includes includes courses in Belize, the Galapagos Islands, Japan, and the Netherlands, offered through Mount Allison this year. Now for today's main story. A first-degree murder trial ended on Tuesday with the second of two people originally accused of the crime pleading guilty to a lesser charge. Henry Potty pled guilty to manslaughter by unlawful act in the murder of Jamie Leard, which took place just under two years ago on May 25, 2021 in Upper Cape, between Cape Tormentine and Port Elgin. Two people were originally charged with first-degree murder in the case, Henry Potty and Sean Patterson. Patterson pled guilty to second-degree murder on April 13th, just before the jury trial began on the 17th. Outside the courtroom on Tuesday, Potty's lawyer, Nathan Gorham, spoke to reporters about why Potty changed his plea. Mr. Potty was willing to accept uh, a lesser 
plea for quite some time. Okay, Mr. Potty uh, felt bad that he had any involvement in the case whatsoever. All right, and so uh, he he didn't um, want this to happen, uh, but he was always willing to, in terms of he didn't want Mr. Laird to have died like this, and he didn't know it was going to happen, and he was willing to accept responsibility for his own actions. Um, the what you heard in court was that uh, the prosecution was willing uh, as of this week to accept the plea to manslaughter and so that's why um, or at least over the last week and that's why the case has changed like this. The 14 members of the jury sat on and off for the past two weeks and heard testimony from 12 different witnesses out of a possible 36 named by the prosecution at the outset of the trial. The most recent testimony came from Zach Johnson a young man from Point Butte who told the court he sold drugs to Potty and testified that Potty had told him he had to make someone disappear shortly before Laird was murdered. Potty's lawyer Nathan Gorham pursued a vigorous cross-examination of Johnson, pointing out his previous lies to the police before making his statement about Potty. Gorham drew attention to Johnson's previous criminal activities, including use of counterfeit money to steal a dirt bike, selling crack cocaine, and violating his bail conditions. Gorham painted a picture of a witness who was willing to lie to protect himself and perhaps gain favor regarding his existing criminal charges. Before Johnson's cross-examination was over last week, Gorham submitted an application for a mistrial, citing three main issues, including the reliance on key witnesses with something to gain from cooperating with the prosecution. The mistrial application is rendered moot now that Potty has pled to a lesser charge, but Gorm explained part of the reasoning behind it on Tuesday. We, we had concerns that with the three Crown witnesses um, who had all changed their evidence uh, and had changed their evidence when they knew what was in it for them, we had concerns that that dynamic in the case uh, made it so that it was... Uh, it was a risky situation, and we know in the academic world and in the judicial experience world that these witnesses like that can lead to miscarriages of justice. And so we had a concern that the, 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 there was a, a risky situation with risky witnesses. And then um, the records that were kept of some of the conversations made it so that the effect at the end of the day might have been that the full truth wouldn't have come out for the jury. And so we, we, we had that concern, and the way things were playing out in the trial, uh, we felt that there was concerns that had to be raised. On Tuesday, the Crown read a statement of facts into the record, which both Potty and the Crown lawyers agreed to be true. That statement differed in a key way from one agreed to, previ to previously by the Crown and Sean Patterson. In both statements, it was agreed that Leard was shot by Patterson shortly after returning to his own home, but in Patterson's statement, he maintained that another person also shot Laird two to three times. Gorham said he would leave it to Crown prosecutors to explain the discrepancy. From our perspective, Mr. Potty has always denied that he shot Mr. Laird even a single time. He's always denied that he had any knowledge whatsoever that there was going to be a shooting. He feels very badly that Mr. Laird has died, and he has been consistent all the way through that he did not want that to happen and did not know it was going to happen. And so the... The Patterson proceeding played out the way it did. Um, we are thankful in this proceeding that we've reached a resolution where Mr. Potty was able to take responsibility for what he did, and the Crown has stepped away from that other allegation, which uh, Mr. Potty has said from the beginning was false. Gorham said on Tuesday that police investigating the murder faced challenges. The, the police were, were presented with a very, very difficult situation where they didn't know what happened, and the 
three main people who did know what happened were not willing to tell the truth and, and those are the three main crown witnesses were not willing to tell the truth and were searching for how the outcome of the investigation might affect them and so when you have a situation where <clears throat> people are not willing to be honest and they're looking to gain something from their role in the investigation it presents a very very difficult situation for investigators and it prevents a, it presents a very very challenging situation for the lawyers and the judge uh, to ensure that there's a fair process because these types of witnesses we know from 20 or 30 years of wrongful conviction experience these types of witnesses set the stage for miscarriages of justice and so the police uh, I'm sure did their very best and, and everything I see uh, suggests that they did their their absolute best they were put in a situation that was exceedingly difficult. Both Potty and Patterson have yet to be sentenced, but defense attorneys and the Crown have agreed on joint sentence recommendations for both. Lawyers in the hearing for Sean Patterson did not share their agreement, but for Potty, the recommendation is nine years, including credit for time served before his conviction, at a rate of 1.5 days per day. Gorham told the court that he would also be pursuing additional credit on Potty's sentence in recognition of harsh conditions at the jail where he's been held. Potty will be back in court on September 15th for his sentencing hearing, while Patterson is due back on July 25th. Victim impact statements from Leard's family and friends will be part of both sentencing hearings. That's it for Tanchamar Report for this Wednesday, May 3rd. Thanks to the local donors who support the station and the local journalism initiative for funding local news reporting throughout Canada. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. from Blind Forest Books and Tanchamar Terrascopes, and you're listening to CHMA 106.9. CHMA wants to share your local events with the community. There are three ways to reach us. You can visit our website at chmafm.com and submit your local announcement under Community News. You can also email us at psa at chmafm.com or give us a call at 506-364-2221 and leave a message. We would love to hear about your events. Are you sociable? Do you love to meet new seniors? Do you have a volunteering heart? If you do, then Nursing Homes Without Walls in the Port Elgin region would love to add you to their list of volunteers in their Caregiver Support Program and Buddy Program. On a set day and time each week, the volunteer will go to the senior's home to keep them company while the primary caregiver gets out of the house for some personal time. If you can spare three hours a week to participate in this program, please give Nursing Homes Without Walls a call today at 506-538-1904. That's 506-538-1904. Hi everyone, it's me, Alexon, and my favorite singer is Taylor Swift, and you all are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick, the voice of the marshes.
Hey, this is Rene, and you're listening to the morning show on CHMA 106.9 FM.
yo etonda makambo Elongina yo moto kokate Okopesanyoso nakozwa okopesanyoso nakolanda okopesanyoso Motema ikobeta tu 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 nzoto ekolingana ah 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 vas-y malembement retired and thinking about returning to the workforce? The Retiree Employment Agency is a free service that connects retirees with short-term employment opportunities that are less than 52 consecutive weeks of part-time or full-time work. This service has the objective of bringing retirees and employers together. With the help of the agency, retirees can put their experience to use or try something new all the while helping employers address gaps in the labor market. For more information, contact Sherry McLeod at 506-777-2268. That's 506-777-2268. hear some rock and roll from across space and time? Join Tara Bercy and Ben Needham for Strange Notes, Friday nights at 10 p.m. on 106.9 CHMA, the voice of the marshes in Sackville, New Brunswick.
drowning in the sea of love Going down for the third time You came and saved 